It's Brent. I'm all by myself for this extra version of True North Nerds. Well, I shouldn't say all by myself. I recently talked to Nate the Rock Quarry about Zombie Cage Fighter. Uh, for some of you out there, the name might sound familiar. He was in the uh, first season of The Ultimate Fighter, which really broke the UFC to the mainstream. That That's what tipped it over. Um, Nate was an active uh, MMA fighter for a number of years, has a r- pretty good win-loss record, and I'm not just saying that because I know he could kick my ass even in his retired state, um, but one of his passion projects the, the last couple years has been Zombie Cage Fighter, which is a comic book that's part horror comic, part biography, and uh, involves uh, the punching of zombies and making a better life for his daughter. It's a, it's a really cool story idea, and if you're interested, you can go to kickstarter.com slash projects slash zombie cage fighter slash zombie dash cage dash fighter. I'll have it up on the... Uh, the the info underneath the file just in case you're interested you can get a physical copy there's a tier directly aimed at us canadians but there's also digital copies as well so you got multiple ways of getting the book and i think after you listen to this interview you might be interested in it like this is this is a passion project for nate and you know he's one of us he likes comics he likes star wars he likes toys uh, and it's just you know it sounds really cool. So take a listen, and uh, I'll be back at the end of the interview. Hold it now. listeners we have a little bit of a treat we have a guest with us you may know him from a little show called the ultimate fighter or perhaps if you're a mixed martial arts fan you know about his work for fighters rights but what we're talking to him today about is zombie cage fighter joining us on the other end of the line is mr nate the rock quarry how are you nate hey i'm doing awesome thank you so much for having me uh, I'm I'm happy to do this because I'm not sure if you remember me. We kind of end up interview. I kind of end up interviewing you about every ten years or so. <laughs> I think the last time we talked was right before your comeback fight. Oh wow, boy, yeah, that was a while ago. It was quite a while ago, but I'm happy to do this again. Um, because you are uh, one of my favorite fighters of all time, and you're a super awesome. nice guy with cool. a really interesting story to tell. <laughs> so, what is Zombie Cage Fighter? Well, in a nutshell, it's my autobiographical horror story of my life. 
Uh, I took what I've been through as a fighter and at the time as a single father, and then I threw in zombies, and thus Zombie Cage Fighter was born. Everybody was was bugging me to write a biography, and I really didn't want to do the usual Rocky story. Guy comes from a disadvantaged life and knocks people out, does well for himself. And I'm an old school nerd. I grew up reading comic books. Uh, just I, I would escape my childhood into the world of comics. And so when it came time to tell him my story, I wanted to do it with a little bit of flavor. So it just was a natural progression for me to do it in the medium of comic books through my graphic novel, Zombie Cage Fighter. And I got to tell you, I could not be happier with this. The team that we were able to put together. So I wrote the story. It's As I said, it's based on my life, things I've gone through, seen and done. But then I brought in zombies. And essentially... Every every zombie movie you ever see, it's always post-apocalypse. There's a handful of humans, a billion zombies running around trying to eat them. Well, somewhere between now and then, there's, oh, I don't know if you could picture this or not, but say a pandemic that's going around the world. Some people are denying it even exists. Other people are very scared. Uh, but we have these little zombie outbreaks here and there. And as things go, you know, some promoter kind of shows up and says, hey, well, what if I was to put on some some fights uh, with zombies who would be willing to see those? Who could I get to fight against a zombie in a cage match? And when you're looking at a, a worn out over the hill fighter such as myself, who still has a little girl to feed, that was kind of a natural progression. So I get introduced into the underground zombie cage fights. And the rules are pretty simple for humans, no biting for zombies, mostly biting. And if, <laughs> if you do well, they'll pay you a little bit more money than the regular MMA crowd would. And if you don't do so well, well, then next week you'll probably be on the rotten side of the cage and you'll be the zombie somebody's trying to take out. So this has been, uh, I guess, the best way of describing it, a labor of love uh, for you, because I know you've been working on this uh, for a number of years now. Uh, how does it feel to sort of, uh, you kind of got your timing right with the release <laughs> of the graphic novel? Like, I know it wasn't intended, and you probably had it ready to go before everything started going on, but... Uh, the the prophetic nature of your work how's it how's it kind of feel to be going with that right now wow yeah it, it has been it's been a labor of love and it's been something that i've enjoyed so much and the backstory on all of this is every gym kind of has its own personality and you have to find one that fits for you well well the gyms that i've trained at are filled with a bunch of nerds and if you're not aware brazilian jiu-jitsu guys they're the nerds of the martial arts world mm. they obsess over jiu-jitsu every move blah 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 so we're hanging out after practice one day and we're talking comics and i start thinking to myself how would an mma fighter do in that world of superheroes or horror fantasy whatever the case may be and i started running down the line obviously he's not going to be able to compete with a spider-man or a superman what about a, a frankenstein or a werewolf or a dracula well that's pretty extreme as well well what about zombies because they're essentially people that are just dead who won't stop that have this hunger and I start kind of brainstorming this whole story and writing out little notes to myself of little ideas for stories, things like that. And I go down to G4, Attack of the Show, a channel that no longer exists, but I loved at the time. And they asked me, 
you know, it, they would bring me down to talk about upcoming fights, give my predictions. And at the end, they said, well, what, what do you have coming up on your plate? And I said, well, right now I'm working on zombie cage fighter and the rules are pretty simple. And I use that same joke, humans, no biting, zombies, mostly biting. And the producer came up to me afterwards and said, I love that. I want to see everything you've got on it. So I shook his hand, looked him in the eye and said, thank you. Well, let me go home. I'll put together a presentation and come back down with it because I had nothing. I had just a few little notes on my pad that I had written. So I sat down in front of the computer for a couple of days and just started writing. And I had a, a visualization of the story I wanted to tell. I had the beginning, I had the ending, I just had to fill in the middle. So after that, those couple of days, I had 17 pages done and I handed it off to some smart people to give me some feedback. And at the end of it, it came down to 22 pages. I flew back down to California with a picture of myself as a zombie in this story. And they just said, oh, my God, this is actually legitimate. We we like this story. We like the passion of it. And from there, I wanted to see, really, if anyone else thought this was an interesting story besides me. And in 2012, or yeah, 2012, I was working on Spike TV on MMA Uncensored Live. And they were having an appearance at the time at San Diego Comic-Con. And asked me if I wanted to be a guest there and promote Zombie Cage Fighter. So I had just gotten what we now call issue zero, the first issue, done. And we launched it there at San Diego Comic-Con. And I was on screen right after Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker. So mm-hmm. once again, my I always judge things by what my 12-year-old self thinks of me. And my mm-hmm. 12-year-old self was pretty happy to know that I'm sharing the same air as Luke Skywalker. And that first issue that we did... It was the biggest complaint I always got was, well, when's the next issue coming out? You can't leave us hanging. So I, I already had the story done. I just needed to put the team together. <clears throat> and it was difficult. I'm not going to lie to you. Finding an artist who could tell the story, who had great skill, who was in my budget, who could understand the the, the deadlines and and all that and, and helping. I, I found a writer named Jamie Rich that came came to work with me. We turned my 22 page story into a six issues for the comic book because it's very different to write an issue that has to end at a cliffhanger and draw the reader in for the next issue. And this artist that I found for the interior pages, Travis Kotsubu was just phenomenal bringing the story to life. And the cover artist, Alex Horley, who is just this phenomenal horror artist and I found him at San Diego Comic-Con and was so fortunate to have a cover painted by him, a painting that I now have in my house. Oh, so, sweet. <laughs> it's been 10 years or so that we've been working on this. And now to have it completed and to have, have hit our original Kickstarter funding goal, because my goal all along has been to get the story out there. I want people to disappear from the stress of today, just like I was able to as a kid into the comic book world. And if they can do that through reading Zombie Cage Fighter, that that means everything to me. And so hitting our, our Kickstarter goal was, okay, well, that will give us enough to print out a thousand copies. If I can share my story a thousand times, that's awesome. Now we've doubled that goal. Now I can print out 2,000 copies and I can share it with 2,000 people. And my goal all along has been to hit 15,000. And that means I'll be able to share it with even more people and, and get the story out there. Because honestly, I want to see this as a movie. I want it to be the number one movie in America. As, as much of a long shot as that sounds, I always think back to Rocky. And people think of Rocky as well. It was this movie about boxing. 
Well, in reality, if you took out the boxing, it was just this down and out loser who had one last chance to try and make something of himself. Mm -hmm. And in zombie cage fighter, if you take away the zombies, you take away the cage fighting. It's the story of a father and what he's willing to do to make sure that his little girl doesn't end up like him. And I think as a parent, that's a story that we can all resonate with how much sacrifice and what we do for, for our children. And throughout my career, that's been the case, trying to provide for my little girl, give her the opportunities I never had. Now I have a son as well that, again, I want to provide him with the opportunities, the support that I never had, help direct him and, and achieve as much potential as he wants to. As a, a writer, do you see the story any different now than when you began? Because when, when you started working on this, your daughter was much younger than she is now. And now... Uh, it, I might be wrong, but I figure she's about college age. From, yep. So, and you have a, a young son now. Has do you see anything a little bit differently uh, from your past writing self to to now? Uh, well, I always knew that my daughter Sierra didn't want to follow in my footsteps. That's just not her thing. She has no desire to get punched in the face for her <laughs> her downtime. And as a parent myself, this was a lesson I, I, I learned very early in parenting, and I try to remind myself of all the time. She's not a clone of me. She's not going to enjoy everything that I enjoy. If she found that fighting was her passion and jujitsu and boxing and kickboxing, I believe in my heart she could be a world champion right now. She would have started training from the time she was a baby. But that's just not what she wanted to do. She loves horses. So I always tried to hold that out for her as something to encourage her to excel in and use that as a way to propel her in school. And as you mentioned, she is in college. She's a junior in college now. She's the first quarry on on a mother's side or on my side of the family to go to a university and working towards a degree. Uh, so as I was writing the story, a lot of it was from that her viewpoint as a little girl and where she is. And then as the story progresses, uh, I don't want to give too much away. I do have the sequel in mind. And I'll say that the sequel is all about her and her journey in this fantasy world, at least. Uh, but it's been really cool to put in things like one of my favorite scenes in the story is in, in reality, when she was in third grade, she was getting picked on at school by some boys. And she was very proud of her father. She was telling them who I was and she took a picture of me to school and they didn't believe her and they were making fun of her. So I just happened to be driving by and I stopped by her school during recess and I said, Hey, so where are these boys at? And she points them out to me and I go up to one and I shake his hand. And again, I'm towering over this nine-year-old. <laughs> and I said, so do you know who I am? And he nods his head and I said, well, I'm, I'm glad that, that'll make this easier. I said, this is my daughter. I am her father and I do love her very much. And I'd like to know that from now on, you're not picking on her. You're looking out for her. You're supporting her. Is that something we can agree on? And he nodded his head. Yes. And I shook his hand. And I said, I'm glad we could come to this, this conclusion. Thank you. And boom, he was off like a shot. And I, I got down on one knee and I looked at my daughter and I said, I fight so you don't have to. I'll always be there for you and stand up for you in any way that I can. And I put that into the the story because that was, to me, kind of a monumental part in our lives where I wanted my little girl to know that I would always be there for her and just wanted to share that as a part of the journey. 
Um, so also when you started this book, Kickstarter wasn't really a thing. Um, did this kind of make your end goal seem a, a bit more feasible when it be crowdsourcing and crowdfunding became more of a thing in, especially with comics? Oh, definitely. And as you mentioned, what a crazy year to finally have my project completed and then we're ready and, oh, we can't do a single Comic-Con all year long. I can't do any promotion there. Uh, we have a local show here in Portland, Rose City Comic-Con, that I love. I love being there at the show. My, my biggest regret is that I'm stuck at my booth all day. I want to wander around and see all the cool stuff. But we weren't able to do any promotion there, launch the book. But then Kickstarter was available, and we had some meetings with some people that that know about Kickstarter and and how to make it. Uh, live up to its potential. And this has been my wife's project. She's done all of the work on this. She's put together a phenomenal presentation for the Kickstarter. And we set our original goal very low, just at $5,000, just to know that, okay, we can print a few of these. But as we keep going, the more money that we make, the more that we can print out and get that story out there. And uh, that's been my goal all along, to share my story. And as a thank you to all the fans, I'm you're you're supporting the Kickstarter, but in reality, you're purchasing a copy of the graphic novel. And as a thank you, we've set it just at the cover price, $5 plus shipping. So $20 for the book, $5 with shipping. And I'm signing every single cover as we hit further goals. I, I started putting out videos as a thank you as well. One of the videos I did on the Kickstarter was the story behind my very first MMA fight and the lesson that I learned in there. I promise that I'm going to do another thank you video where I talk about the two most obviously stupid things I've said in my entire life. And we're talking, <laughs> these things are so dumb. You're going to wonder how I can put on my socks. It's, it's ridiculous, but I've committed to doing that to share my own stupidity with the world because that's what keeps us humble, I suppose. And, and I think they're pretty hilarious. I, I always enjoy laughing at my own stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> um so you mentioned you do have a sequel in mind not to give much away uh in terms of the first story is that something that you're already sort of starting to prep or is it just kind of a kernel right now that you're you're mulling around i've started doing some writing on it right now honestly the journey has been so long for this one and it's been such a crazy mm -hmm. year and as you mentioned, so I have my daughter is 21 in college. My son just turned one. So Jeez. the household is a little crazy right now. Uh, and they, the children could not be more different. I remember when Sierra, my daughter, was was young, I had to tell her something once. Hey, stay away from that, that socket. And that was mm -hmm. it. With my boy, he will be trying to shove his finger into the socket as I'm pulling, pulling his arm away and saying, no this will kill you. And he's just looking at me going, but dad, I, I, I don't know what you mean. So things have been a little crazy around here, but very much like the first story, I have the beginning, I have the ending and I really like the ending on this story as well. I find it really compelling. People had, had asked me as I was coming up with zombie cage fighter or in the promotion of it, you know, was I always a big fan of zombies? And I had to say, no, not really because most of the stories we're just, hey, we're in a mall and we're getting attacked by zombies. It just was not that human interest story. 
but in zombie cage fighter it really is just a broken down man a man who's had every dream that he had save one fail miserably and that final dream is just to make sure his little girl doesn't end up like him broken broken and he's willing to fight in a cage versus a zombie to make sure that doesn't happen and in the second story it gets so compelling as well because that does focus a lot on my daughter and yeah i'm excited to get started on that one um so uh you have uh blown your kickstarter numbers out of your initial estimates out of the water and hopefully our listeners will uh check you out on kickstarter but uh the one thing that we do on our show is uh we at the end of every episode we do geek picks so it's what we're watching or listening to or reading right now so uh mr quarry what is uh your current geek picks boy boy it's it's tough. I know with a young child that throws well, no, that, that off a lot. No, I always man, I'm telling you, Friday morning. So for some reason now I've reached the age where I'm waking up really early for no reason. And Friday mornings I'd wake up at five thirty six and I'd be like, God, I gotta go back to sleep. And then all of a sudden this light bulb would go off. No, there's a new episode of The Mandalorian out. And I'd get up and I'd make my coffee and I'd sit there while the house is still quiet and I'd watch my episode. I always find time for my little nerd fixes. I'm just trying to figure out which one is the most compelling right now. Uh, we just discovered the Stan Stephen King's uh, show is on uh, CBS. And that's yeah. that's a really cool story. Again, a post-apocalypse, 98 percent of or over 99% of human beings wiped out by this massive pandemic. Uh, I'm reading right now, a friend gave me this big Green Lantern compendium. So I'm reading up on Green Lantern because I'm a Marvel guy. He's DC. He's trying to, to get me to switch teams. Mm. I have my Marvel Unlimited subscription. So I've been reading a lot of the, the Incredible Hulk stories there because Hulk has always been my favorite. And for those that don't understand the Hulk, he's not just some barbarian smashing stuff. He came from an abusive household. He buried those feelings. And the Hulk was those emotions coming out. He was finally able to fight back. I always found him such a, a compelling character. And then, boy, I could just keep going on and on because, see, for Christmas, what did I ask for? Lego sets. So oh, when, I, <laughs> when I was... 12 or 13, I'm, I'm picking berries in the field, making 20 bucks a day. Half of my money went to, went to buying school clothes for myself, supporting the family. And I got to spend the other half how I wanted to. And so I bought a Nintendo NES, Super Mario. And so to this day, I'm still a Nintendo guy. And when I saw that Lego and Nintendo were making sets, I just lost my mind and had some retail therapy a few months ago where I went out and bought three Lego Super Mario sets and then got another one for Christmas. So just building those things. And it's it, I have to thank my wife because if you look around the house, yeah, we've got pictures of the family, but wow, there's a lot of comic book memorabilia. There's a gigantic Hulk statue in the master bedroom. I have probably 90, 95% of all the original Star Wars action figures. I'm just a, an old school nerd when it comes to that, because really that was my, that was my escape. And, and I love to go back into that world. And 
seeing all the new Star Wars stuff that's coming out. Uh, WandaVision starts this Friday. I'm excited about that. Yeah. God. I mean, I, I, I probably not giving you the straight up answer, but geez, there's just so much. And I remember, oh, that's cool. <laughs> I remember as a kid, Star Wars and New Hope was on, they put it on TV. And this was years after 1977. And my father saying, well, they're not going to make another dime with that movie. Everybody that has those new VCRs is just going to record it. And now here we are 40 years later with it never being more popular. So what a time to be a, be a nerd, what a time to be alive. And for it to be in so much of the mainstream culture as well. I wear more comic book shirts now, my zombie cage fighter shirts, as well as Marvel shirts than I ever did as a kid. And I have more friends that I talk about comic books and Star Wars movies with now as I approach 50 than I ever did. So for any of you kids out there that are getting picked on that feel out of place, just remember, stay true to yourself and you too can be that guy who was picked on as a kid for reading comic books and, and playing with Transformers and Legos. And then, you know, maybe make your way into the UFC and fight for the world title. Yeah, it's it's been done. You can do it. <laughs> uh, uh, so beyond your Kickstarter, sir, where can people find you on the Internet? Uh, well, for the Kickstarter, you can go to zombiecagefighter.com, and we have links all over it to head to that. Uh, on Facebook, I'm just Nathan Quarry. On Twitter, Nate Rock Quarry. Instagram, Nathan Quarry or Zombie Cage Fighter. And yeah, I, I am very opinionated online, so beware. But I'm always welcome to have discussions with reasonable people if anyone disagrees with me, because it, oftentimes I'm I'm shown that my opinion may be too one-sided or, or not quite correct. And especially in today's climate, I want to be open to having discussions with everyone who has a reasonable point of view. And that was my interview with Nate the Rock Quarry. Um, I've interviewed, uh, this is the third time I've interviewed Nate, uh, but <laughs> like I may have mentioned at the start of the interview, um, there seems to be like almost a decade that passes in between each time we talk to one another. Uh, the last time I talked to him was for Geek Hard, and that was in 2013. But uh, maybe we can uh, we can have him on the show more often, especially if he's got a sequel to Zombie Cage Fighter uh, mixing in his brain there. Again, if you're interested, you can go to kickstarter.com slash projects slash zombie cage fighter slash zombie dash cage dash fighter and uh, or just look up zombie cage fighter on Kickstarter. It'll pop up immediately. You have no risk on this one. The book's already basically uh, ready to be printed. It was just to think of it as kind of a pre-sale Kickstarter for the book, and it has more than achieved its goal. So there's very little risk in it, and hopefully those books will be headed to us uh, April, May-ish. In the meantime, uh, thanks to Nate for uh, chatting about the, the book. Seems pretty awesome. And uh, we'll be back. There's a sailor snacking coming up. And uh, there might be another extra next week. We're going to see how it goes. But I do have a schedule to talk to somebody else. But, you know, as they say in both boxing and wrestling, card subject to change. In the meantime, uh, have a good day. And, uh, yeah. Stay safe. Thank you for listening to the True North Nerds. 
You can find us at truenorthnerds.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at truenorthnerds. To contact one or any of the nerds, you can email them at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. Theme music provided by Kirby Crackle. You can find more of their music at kirbycracklemusic.com. If you like this show, please go to your podcast app of choice and rate and review us. 